What up, gang? It's been a minute since I've done a full plug for Frequency One Fest, so here it is. We're just about 10 days out from the fest on June 5th. Catch Chepo plus nine other great bands, podcasts, and comedy acts live at our one-day streaming festival. Get your ticks at Frequency.Live. That's F-R-Q-N-C-Y dot live. The boys have been prepping their show out in L.A. I've seen what they were working on. It's going to be a great time. And as kind of a preview, this Saturday, May 29th, Dan Beckner and I are going to do a little live stream over on the Chapo Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Chapo Trap House. We're going to be watching videos of some old live concert sets provided to us by our partners over at the Pickathon Festival. We're going to be joined by the FYM boys, the Chapos, some of the We Hate Movies gang, Zola Jesus and Keith from ETID might stop by. Uh, Some of the other podcasts playing at, at the festival might send some people over. It's going to be a good time and hopefully give you the audience, a sense of what the actual Frequency Fest will be like. So that's going to start at 5 p.m. Saturday, May 29th over on twitch.tv slash Chapo Trap House. So on to the ep. This one's a banger. Uh, Have fun with it. Ticks again for our June 5th streaming live show at Frequency.Live. That's F-R-Q-N-C-Y dot live. Um, you know, it's been a really crazy week, uh, a lot of awful images, a lot of awful reports, really scary stuff. I am, of course, exclusively and only talking about, you know, reports we're getting from Burbank, from the Upper West Side, from the Upper East Side, from, uh, Carroll Gardens, from, uh, Silver Springs, Maryland, of Jews reporting, uh, that they are feeling, like, unsafe, and harassed and uh, generally feeling icky. And they should feel that way because I am gang stalking them. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's uh, we're Chapo. It's back again. Um, our most recent episode was the first time me, Matt, and Felix were in the same room with each other, breathing the same air in probably a year. And today is the first episode we have guests in our company. Welcome once again to Brace and Liz of the True Anon podcast. Hello. Hello. <laughs> go, go. So, it's so nice to be here today. <laughs> uh, today's first hot topic. Should there be kink at Pride? Tony Blankley, go. <laughs> well, that depends on what you mean by kink. Because I got a few things that could I, they teeter between fetish and kink. Granted, I'm technically banned from most Pride events. That I like go on parade routes because most parade routes pass like high schools and parks and stuff like that. But uh, I, thought but, you were, I thought you were banned because you took you, you stole your first screen name from the kink community. <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm banned for appropriation. <laughs> Wait a minute, you aren't the piss pig granddad? What the fuck? No, no, no. I, I've retired from that life. <laughs> Fully dry now. Well, uh, I got a lot to talk about this week, but uh, b- before we get into today's today's episode, I would just like to use this opportunity because hey, it's my show to take a little victory lap. I will just read this uh, one tweet here. This is from uh, Roger Sullenberger, who is a reporter at the Daily Beast. Sully's and, child. And, you know, like, uh, it's funny that this shows up in a tweet and not an article on the Daily Beast, but I won't be holding my breath for any news coverage of this topic. So I'm just going to read this latest report. 
A U.S. district judge has ordered Trump flack Jason Miller to pay Gizmodo nearly $42,000 to cover legal expenses from his failed $100 million defamation suit. The judge found Gizmodo accurately reported a court filing alleging Miller slipped an abortion pill into a woman's smoothie. Oh, snap. So uh, Catherine Krieger vindicated Will Menneker, uh, not getting any money back. But uh, there, there are certain things more important than money, and that is my satisfaction. So, rat face fuck Jason Miller, rotten hell. Well, at least he still has his looks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, not, not, uh, this is the only media coverage this will get. But, I mean, there's certainly a lot of articles written about us getting sued. But almost no coverage of the fact that, you know, we were vindicated in this lawsuit. Uh, nor, nor do I expect there to be. But uh, cheers to you, Jason. Better luck in the future. Whether you're pro or anti-article, um, not sure, <laughs> you know, who's what, where, where, you know, people fall on the spectrum. It is a spectrum about articles, but more articles to come. So if you're anti-articles, get ready to protest. If oh, you're yeah. pro, get mm. reading. From Daily Get those RSS's. Yeah. Especially? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. One of the greatest publications. Ever. And reach out to people for more articles on whether or not articles are good or bad. Yeah. And you could have, like, you could even be... You could think you're reading all the articles, but there are entire countries where they're writing articles in different languages that don't get translated. Yeah, to. and there's people who study articles for years and years and years, and even they are not expert on articles. That's true. And yeah. we need to listen to them. They say uh, articles take uh, a, a, a life to a day to learn, but a lifetime to master. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, moving on from uh, Catherine and I's uh, personal vindication and. All things legal, social, and romantic, and just vindication of our love over the forces of evil. Um, let's go into uh, you know what Felix alluded to in his uh, opening spiel here. Um, I'm hearing a lot of reports that the Jews are tired. They're tired. They're so y'all. tired, y'all. And yeah, I, I just have to answer. I had to I wake up ask. at nine today. <laughs> you realize that's almost like ten East Coast time. APAC has launched a, a nationwide drive collecting uh, Victorian sleeping cat hats and <laughs> and stockings to wear because they're so sleepy. Um, so I got to ask, you know, Brace and Felix, how are you guys holding up? Well, I don't know about Felix, but this morning I was outside of a little store called Dolls Kill uh, on on Sunset. And uh, I was waiting in line, talking to a lot of the other people there. I'm pitching a bra there. Like, it's, <laughs> like it's a really complicated kind of webbing thing. Um, and a gang of teenagers kept telling me to leave. They're like, you don't belong here. It's weird you're in front of Dolls Kill. Please, this is a store for 16-year-old ravers. Please leave. And I did. I did. After uh, recording a shaky three-second cell phone video where I'm filming. <laughs> Um, and honestly, like I've been thinking, like I have a lot of cousins, um, technically in Israel and uh, honestly, I've been thinking it'd be safer for me to just take over someone's house there than to even go back to one of the many homes that I own and rent out (laughs) both here and in parts of New York. And so, yeah, it's been pretty dangerous for me. I mean, I've read all these things about, you know, these Zionist people being like, I feel unsafe walking outside, and there yeah, are. Yeah, it's called allergies. Exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, and honestly, like a lot of my friends here have been like have been talking about how they want to move because mostly because of there's rumors of a second round of Me Too things coming in, <laughs> but but also for other reasons as well. And so yeah, I, I would say I feel pretty unsafe. It, 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 it's insane to me. People are just like. 
yeah, I, I don't think I can walk outside. Never, I have never had anyone in my life say something to me on the street about being Jewish. And you are, as they say, visibly Jewish. I look like a fucking dare Sturmer, <laughs> Like, and, uh, yeah, and so I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's, 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 it's funny how it just happens to the most insane Zionists yeah. on okay. Earth. Yeah, we, have to, we have to try this in all conditions, though. Have you ever walked around in public rubbing your hands together? Maybe I, that would do it. Constantly, dude. I do a podcast. <laughs> I um I have a similar like harrowing tale to Brace. Mine, of course, didn't technically happen outside or in a physical realm, but um, you know, I was doing what I do every morning, and by that I mean I click on my followers tab on Instagram and I just type in the names of girls. Mm. You know, like is there a uh, is there like a a Caro following me? Is there a Kristen? Is there an Emma? And I just click on the profiles, and if they're locked, I'm requesting, mm-hmm. and I'm DMing them. I'm like, "Hey, are you know, are you you know, are you Aaron or something? You know, just like confirming that that's their name." Yeah, of course. Being like, "Hey, what's that?" Like sending a picture of my face from like 0.5 millimeters <laughs> away from my chin, and being like, "Good morning." Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the Red Scare Girls' stories, and every time they post a girl wearing their merch, I click on their profile, and I do the same thing. But just the thong, right? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, just, yeah. Like, it just like my soul patch area. Yeah, I yeah. I just send them a picture of that. I'm like thinking about you, and I don't follow them. <laughs> I don't follow the girls I'm DMing. And my account's been limited. <laughs> because oh, I'm, calling, like, I'm calling out like how, you know, like whatever I'm feeling, I guess, like pogromed. And uh, it's just really scary. This stuff's going on. I've all, I was also um, like shot multiple times, but there's no video of it. <laughs> Here's well, the you have to th- trust me. The thing is that I I, I find uh, just incredible is that after like a I would say at least of recent vintage unprecedented outpouring yeah of support for for uh, Palestinian people. I mean, at, at the b- bottom line, not dying, you know, but but in a in a lot of instances like pretty you know full-throated support of palestinian people from maybe segments of society that don't always support them or haven't in the past uh now for some reason we have to like i have to talk, it's like corbin stuff yeah well yeah i mean it's just like i mean this is what i want to talk about because brace as you alluded to like it, it seemed like 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 this time around when they were like hammering gaza and killing scores of people like every night um, this wasn't like uh, 2014 or like the last time they did that. Like, and the sort of the like I don't know Zionist like PR machine in America and in the West like sort of was taken off, taken a little bit aback at how much things had changed. And I think things have changed because when people in America now see videos of like armed people in uniform like brutalizing, arresting, um, tear gassing crowds of unarmed people, there are certain associations that they're like, oh wait. I can make this connection in my head about things here in this country vis-a-vis, you know, what, what, what the conduct of Israel and, and on the world stage. And, like, they were taken aback by that. And uh, as well as the sort of, like, the broader movement of pal- for Palestinian solidarity around the rest of the world. And, but just as, like, it, I think the whole apparatus has reformed itself pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, and it is now, like, has a certain, like, message discipline where, like, now there just seems to be this, like, tidal wave of, like, news stories or, like, this idea that we have to reckon with the fact that, like, Zionists feel unsafe in America because they saw a, free, a sign that said free parking yeah, and they yeah. thought it said free Palestine. Well, yeah, like all that pinkwashing shit like didn't work. Like it just, it, it fell completely flat. Like since 
it maybe worked like eight years ago, but now it's just, I don't really think too many people are buying it. If you weren't already totally on board with Israel and Zionism, you're not getting into it through this, most likely. But what they have found that like works, and it doesn't work as far as like just making everyone pro-Israel, but it like muddies the waters enough and makes things murky. And for people who are like, you know, low information, but their heart is in the right place, they don't know any better. They see just these vague allusions to like anti-Semitic incidents that oftentimes are just self-reported by the ADL with no evidence, with nothing. Just and their categorization of it is so broad that it could just it could include seeing graffiti that says "Free Palestine," like not even like on on a temple or anything. Just like you you see it you see it like you know on the side of a Dunkin' Donuts, which hasn't been a Jewish establishment for three years. Well, also like their definition of anti-Semitism is so expansive. The ADL's official definition of anti-Semitism is. Any denial that the Israel that Israel uh, deserves to exist as an ethno state, yeah. Like if you if you don't affirm that, that's an- not anti Zionism. That's anti Semitism. So that all you need to hear is somebody say, "Hey, how about we have a one state solution with like equal rights between everybody in Israel?" And that's anti Semitic because it denies the Jewish character of of Israel. Right. Yeah. No. It, it's but it is enough, and it's murky enough that it causes enough people to pause. Like maybe where last week they were pretty full-throated in their support for Palestine and actively questioning America's relationship and the way that we benefit from this and the way that we bolster Israel to now being like, oh, is this like the infographic bullshit I should care about? Mm -hmm. Just that constant anxiety that people who like don't really get a lot of good information in but do genuinely kind of want to help but do not know how to. I think what's been unfortunate too is like at least looking at the kind of like posting wars on Instagram, which is always a good barometer of kind of like middle class kind of liberal activist sensibilities or whatever. Like it, you're right to say that it like so quickly turned into the like, oh, and we need to denounce this and oh, I don't know anything about this. I'm going to step out, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like so much of the focus has been on kind of like personal attitudes, like what side do you support rather than like really focusing on, you know, the like contradictions of the Democratic Party and the politicians that are fucking supporting the state and the, and the lobbies and the, you know, Israeli weapon sales and things that actually could change some of those power dynamics here, but more so like just personal attitudes, which is a shame because that's not really going to help anyone no. anywhere, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, an attention, it's a contest for sympathy. And that is why I think that, like, in this contest, this, I mean, by the, by the standards that they're going to set for themselves, I think this campaign is going to fail. They're not going to change a lot of minds. I think because people are operating now from an axis of, like, who is the, who is the victim in this tableau of horror? Who, who is being uh, dispossessed in, in this spectacle that I'm observing, uh, that I've now become, like, inured to seeing my politics is like finding out who's being oppressed mm. it's pretty clear you can't uh, uh, the, these tweets from these people like i felt safe at the at the fucking uh at the at the bagel place or whatever that's not moving the needle compared to the images of like actual bombing and fucking and police violence mm-hmm. so i think people's sympathy is is going to move more towards the palestinians but the real problem is is that that's all it's going to do it's it's an it's an it's a, it's a sympathy economy you're it's about who your heart is with 
but that just ends up boiling down to a few performative posts or something. And like these guys are fighting this propaganda war because they have nothing else to do. In the case of a lot of them, they're literally being paid to do, to do yeah. it, but less because it's going to mean anything in terms of policy, but because fighting over the culture is what we do all day. And yes. you have to have a side. You have to have a side that is uh, offering a coherent position to be argued against. It doesn't really matter where people land on it. It matters that the engagement is happening at that level and that we're having this conversation instead of doing anything else. And that's the, that's the utility of the sort of Corbin shit they're doing. People who are, like, I feel like they've lost, like, a large segment of the American population. But on, I'd say, about, like, 30 to anywhere from 30 to, like, 60% of those people, if you do enough of those I feel unsafe posts, they'll be like, oh, I, like, shouldn't go overboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Go too yeah, crazy. Exactly. And, like, I think like, you know, like the, the sort of the intersectionality door swings both ways here, because I think like if you if you read the um, the writings of these people who are uh, defending what Israel is doing right now and even defending them from like, hey, I'm as liberal as the next guy. Like what they're saying is that, like, look, you can't apply a George Floyd American white supremacy view of things to what Israel is doing to the, the Palestinian population that they have complete military authority over. You, you can't do that because like these same people would never dream in a billion years to say something like, oh, well, actually Black Lives Matter is an evil organization and actually like the cops are right to suppress them and, you know, assassinate activists and or just generally like oppress and occupy black neighborhoods in the way the manner in which they do. But like now when organizations like Black Lives Matter start carrying signs that say free Palestine or start saying things like from the river to the sea, that becomes a huge problem for these people because it's, it puts them in a lock in this country, a deadlock that they can't argue their way out of. But so like what they're doing now is that they're 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 the door. Like I said, the door swings the opposite way. So what they're saying now is like, actually, we're the marginalized group in America because we're like Jewish people are a minority. And increasingly in the social spheres of like, you know, power and influence, it's getting harder and harder for me to say things like, yeah, like Israel should be an ethno state or we need to preserve the Jewish character of America. So what they're doing is that they're coming up with these increasingly hysterical and exaggerated and stupid Israel, accounts. Israel of, is uh, anti-colonialism against like the Ottomans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it, it's, Finkelstein has some pretty great stuff on like uh, anti-Semitism in America, uh, where he's, it's, he's a real straight shooter talking about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but the fact is, like a lot, I mean, they, they've tried a, a variety of sort of woke strategies around the past like you know, 10, 15 years. Talk about the pink washing. Last year, they were trying to do like a vague, or past few years, they've been trying to do like a vague like land back, like in, we're indigenous people of the Middle East yeah, kind no, of thing. You're, you're, motherfucker, your name is Blake. Yeah. You're not indigenous to the fucking <laughs> exactly. Middle East. Well, like, the other thing too is like, I mean, now they're explicitly saying, they sort of see where this is going. So there's a rash of articles, including some, I think there's one that's just titled, you can't put like an American... Uh, I'm going to actually read from that. Exactly. Yeah. And like, the thing is... Like, <laughs> Where do you think that settler and that like Shakespeare yeah, video was from, from yeah. dude? He's from yeah. fucking Long like, where, Island. And where's the fucking tear gas and the fucking bombs and exactly. the guns and the fucking where's, everything? Where's, where's that the coming upper from? leadership of Israel almost exclusively from? Why does Netanyahu say water? <laughs> when he speaks English. He's from fucking Philadelphia. N Netanyahu went to high school with Reggie Jackson. He's, in the, yeah. he's the mayor of East Town or whatever <laughs> you're watching. The of East Town. Yeah, no, like Netanyahu like does crumping with gritty and all that like Philadelphia he bullshit. He's anti-fluent and, and, yeah. and comfortable <laughs> English than he does Hebrew. Well, actually, like you bring up this article, like the, the, this this came out today in the Atlantic. 
Uh, the headline is, The Americanization of the Israeli-Palestinian Debate. Israel, like America, is deeply messed up. But it's messed up in completely different ways. We were ways. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was shit. I was shit. I tried to. I tried to be all the things to the country that I could have been to everyone who tried to perceive me as. But I took all my personal shit and made a fucking mess. I was shit. This is like. I love this article because it's like this guy wrote it like sitting backwards in a chair. Like, hey, <laughs> these are two pretty messed up countries. But Wait, who wrote this article? Okay, this, this is by someone named Maddie Friedman. I believe this person also wrote the article in The Atlantic saying that there are uh, Hamas rockets in the AP's office. <laughs> it's the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is Maddie Friedman. It says you're author of Spies of No Country, Secret Lives at the Birth of Israel. Oh, Robert Maxwell. <laughs> 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 so I'm just going to like, I'm going to skip ahead and look to the end of this article because literally the first 500 words is talking about the uh, the Paul Newman film Exodus. You can't uh, you cannot uh, presume the lived experience of a of Israeli people because it's diff- it's distinct from the American one. And actually, you're a colonizer for trying to uh, apply your 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 structures to our system. Exactly. So yeah. I'm going to read the last like three paragraphs because this is where they really get down to like what they're actually talking about here. So uh, they write. Western observers are often tempted to see foreign countries as mirrors of their own because it makes the story more compelling for members of their audience who are, who are interested, who isn't, mainly in themselves. And it means they can analyze other societies without going to the considerable trouble of studying them, learning their language, or even visiting. So Modi of India is Donald Trump, and France's problem is racial inequality, and Dutch conservatives are Republicans. It's seductive to think that everything you need to know you learned back in Berkeley. But... Believing that foreign countries operate according to American logic is a recipe for confusion, even disaster. Okay, I'm going to pause there, and I'll just say, like, believing that foreign countries operate according to American logic. Uh, Israel may not operate according to American logic, but it operates in the way it does entirely due to American money, military, and diplomatic cover. Well, that's the thing. It's a fucking empire. America isn't like other countries. Like, America is exceptional because it's the headquarters of a global fucking empire. So in a very real way, our politics are linked to theirs in a way that other countries wouldn't necessarily be. Israel could not operate the way it does in the West Bank in contravenance, uh, sorry, in violation of, like, dozens of UN, uh, like, You know how many times we, in our our position as a veto on the Security Council, That's all we do on the Security Council. Have invalidated any to hold Israel accountable? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, that is, I mean, this is like a repurposing of an old Zionist line, which is like, oh, well, why don't you talk about another country? And it's like, this, do you think Israel could get away? Do you think another, like, do you think, like, fucking Albania? could do this right yeah, now. No, they'd be sanctioned. No, no yeah. At least if not having like a regime change. Right, yeah. And, and, and it's like, if we're, if this is so painful for you to impose our framework on you, can we have like a hundred billion dollars back? Well, that's the Can thing. you build like, a new fucking USS it's Liberty? Like, I listen, I read the article and I tell this guy, Maddie, terrible name by the way. <laughs> Maddie, you're right. America, we get ahead of ourselves. We, we don't realize how much we need to really stop and, and, and take an inventory of ourselves because you know, we can't really know the rest of the world until we know ourselves. So uh, we'll just be taking that $4 billion a year and investing it in self-care until we figure <laughs> yeah, out enough yeah. about ourselves to have opinions about other countries. Would you take that deal? Yeah, we're going to do anti-bias training. It's like, this is the cost, motherfucker. The Americans will yap about this at the expense of getting $4 billion a year. That's not good enough of a fucking deal for you? No, yeah. Honestly, shut the fuck up. You're getting off so light. Yeah, this is it. This is... This is 
nuclear weapons. This is yeah, who this is who runs the world. People who get everything and then fucking cry about it. We let them. Fucking North Korea sets off like a wild E. Coyote dynamite uh, explosion in the, in a in a cavern or something. And we've decided World War II, Three is around the bend. They have three hundred nuclear weapons that they just sit on. It's 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 been verified that they put them on fucking. They put nukes on planes in the Yom Kippur War by themselves, just decided to do that as a strategy. They don't get to be held accountable for that shit. And then all they get to, for, all they have to deal with is putting up for us complaining about it a little more. Well, this this, 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 media this ties into me and, me and Liz have always demanded weapons inspectors uh, yeah, for seriously. UN weapons inspectors <laughs> backed by American force. If I, if I didn't become into, like a god emperor of America, like I just, I, I fuse the, the populist like uh, basically, if I became the Grima worm tongue of Matthew McConaughey, who I truly believe could immunitize the American political eschaton, I would come into office saying we're we are t- being serious about uh, nuclear uh, nonproliferation, and the first thing we're going to do as a show of good faith is total fucking inspections of Israel, total decommission of the Israeli illegal nuclear program, and then we can start talking about how to do it. And I think. If you did that, you might actually get somewhere. Yeah, well, I mean, once they decommission the 300 Israeli nukes, they can turn the silos into the worst burger restaurants ever created. <laughs> well, uh, Liz, you mentioned welcome that. To, welcome to Burger Condom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, Liz, <laughs> Liz, you mentioned, like, I mean, because, you know, you can think about this and, like, people, like, they, they try to, like, s- like, set out, like, when you advance a critique like this, like, you're saying, oh, like, oh, Israel controls America and they're pulling the strings in, like, an anti-Semitic way. But, like, no, in fact, like, we let them have them because it very much serves our interests in the Middle East. Like, was it Alexander Haig called Israel the largest American aircraft carrier in the world? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, like, sometimes people forget about this. I mean, even sometimes in the comparison with South Africa, right? Because there are some differences where the apartheid state in South Africa, some, you know, part of what precipitated its fall was also that it didn't, it wasn't useful to the Americans anymore with the fall of the yeah. the end of the Cold War. Yeah, they were and there so, to stop like Mozambique or something. It's like, yeah. who cares? And I mean, so the Israeli situation is complicated because of the location. I mean, the location, like quite literally just location, the, location, location. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the purpose of the state, of this outpost in the Middle East and its strategic. And, you know, the Israeli state also has its own. Uh, you know, its relationships that it's developing with Saudi Arabia mm. and Qatar and everything is like very unique and changing as well. And all of these things are very, um, I guess sometimes, I, I, you you know, it's just more complicated, I think, than um, like we just tend to flatten things a little bit. And I, I think the situation is much more fluid and I don't know, a little more contingent than we than we kind of give credit to. Well, I think Israel is does play like a, a pretty important role in like the the un it's not unofficial because it basically is official at this point, but unnamed alliance. Yeah, uh, yeah. between them and you know the Gulf, the Gulf states, the GCC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's the real thing is that they've been they are been the go between and they yeah. which is necessary. new by the way and they, and they that's have a new development. But like it's it's now the GCC yeah. essentially has nukes. Yeah, you know, I mean they always yeah. have oh, because yeah. of us. But now we, there's like a degree of separation there where if something happens with them in Iran, you know, it's like, well, it was so fascinating at the end of the Trump era when like th- this longstanding taboo in these countries about not recognizing Israel to stand in solidarity with the Palestinians. Yeah. All they needed was like, hey, can we do this fucking oath of favor 
Yeah. <laughs> Fine. We'll all make deals with Israel. In contravention of like what's presumably the public opinion in these countries and and the Arab Saudi Arabia. Kind of yeah, sure, yes. whatever. Israel, you're fine. They've had to make decrees in Saudi Arabia to tell people like we will put you in prison if you send money to Palestine. Because it's it's just still like with the people there, like this is still a broadly unpopular position. But what the fuck are you gonna do? Sign a change.org petition. Yeah. The the interesting thing that's happened with Saudi Arabia, and I'm unsure how many other Gulf states this has happened with is they did. There is a weird parallel here where, you know, when people would go like, Hey, why do we, you know, why do we have all these bases here? Why do we give them carte blanche to do all this shit? Even before Khashoggi, even though this was a very marginal position, they, you know, they behead people for being gay, like crucify 15 year olds. They do all this shit. And the Saudi line would be like, also, this like colonial thing where it's like this is our way of life. Like yeah. you, can, you can't impose your. Is this internal affair? Fuck you. <laughs> but um, now and there was this sort of like vestige of like old values of the Arabian Peninsula, or like at least an aesthetic of it. But now, if you look at Saudi media and stuff, it's very interesting because it looks exactly like Israeli media. And by looks like Israeli media, I mean that. There is this like they're basically making their there are own hot babes on TV. Yeah, well, th- yeah, they and they're making like it's like Israeli media because it's like this shitty pastiche of everything around it. It's like their TV shows are like a combination of like Turkish soap operas and like This Is Us and like Fear Factor and shit. And that happened pretty quick in Saudi Arabia, and it just it took a very short time for them to just give up that last like even like idea of asceticism to just go full force into, like, whatever this new, like, shitty type of monoculture is. Girls, start your engines. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what's so funny about Israel saying that they're the only democracy in the Middle East. You should understand them as part of this axis that runs through the Arabian Peninsula of just pure authoritarianism. With, like, oh, yeah, Israelis have democracy. Yeah, well, so do members of the Saudi royal family, you know? Control over the regime. Also fragile in their own right. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the the domestic situation in Saudi Arabia is very bizarre and oh, I would yeah. say precarious. Absolutely. The same thing in Israel, like the internal contradictions of the Israeli state. Like, I mean, literally <laughs> the the amount of labor that they rely on, the Palestinians are basically the labor force of Israel, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. And this is going to be a contradiction that the state has to completely reckon with and and might not be able to overcome. Yeah, it's a similar thing with Saudi Arabia, where in both cases, they're sort of like, they're victims is obviously not the right word, but in the phrase victims of their own success, they're victims of their their own own (laughs) success. They're victims of their own success of designs from previous generations, where with Israel, it's like, you know, making Palestinians be this sort of slave labor contingent. And with Saudi Arabia, it's sort of using Iquan teachers, you know, several generations ago when they had to fill their schools and sort of using Wahhabism as this like thing you could use to deal with like young military age men where you could send them somewhere else. And now, like, flight school. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, literally. literally. Rock climbing school. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And now it's like, now, yeah, now it's like in this current era with Saudi Arabia where like, they're not exactly like printing money and they, yeah. they're still very rich and they still have a lot of influence over global oil prices, but it's, that's not as big of a deal as it was in say like, you know, 
even like 2002. Absolutely. No, it's totally shifting. I mean, they risk being, I mean, the oil situation is very serious, I would say, for their economies, and they have to figure something out. Um, So it's interesting. I do think that like, yeah, there's a tendency to kind of, I don't know if it's like a specifically American thing or something. I was thinking maybe it is because we were saying this position of hegemon. I mean, I do think, you know, not, I mean, none of us are outside of that when we talk about these things, you know? So it's, it's, you know, you have to remember that all these states also have their own kind of contradictions that they're wrestling with. And none of these things are kind of like static. It's not some board game, you know, there's these sort of like dynamic, forces at play that are really, you know, especially in the case of the Gulf, insanely precarious. That is that is the annoying thing of when people go in either direction where it's like, no, we have to look at, the, at this through an entire, like, the only framework you could see is Israel just as an American proxy or like, oh, they totally dominate American foreign policy where it's like, no, I mean, like, it's, there are elements from both that are kind of true. They have you their know, independent. They have their own motives. They have their independent motive. Like all of America's imperial allies and clients have their own individual situated interests, and those align for the most part with Americans at the most crucial points. But there are points of conflict, and American foreign policy is a product of like smoothing out as great a degree as possible those conflicts. But sometimes they really do emerge, and they cannot be uh, reckoned with. And then, and then that's when you have the potential for something to shift. Well, I just want to get back to this um, Atlantic article because, like, I mean, the fact that this this what I'm about to read now appears in the Atlantic, yeah. Jeffrey Goldberg's Atlantic. Yeah, what were is, they guys? What were they saying about the Iraq all right, War? Well, here, here's the next. Here's the next sentence I want to get to. It says, "Many Americans looking at Iraq in the early years of this century, for example, saw a democracy in waiting, stymied only by a cruel dictator." America then took steps that resulted directly and indirectly in hundreds of thousands of deaths including those of more than 4,500 American soldiers. I mean, that's the real tragedy in all this. But it says here, with little to show for it, the world is not a mirror. The world is a kaleidoscope that can be understood only by people who are experts in each individual (laughs) shard, and even then only partially. It's like, I love that, like, this guy uh, is taking to the Atlantic to share with uh, his the, the readers of the Atlantic exactly what the Atlantic's position and the beliefs were about Iraq in the lead up, lead up to the Iraq War, yeah. but in the context of demanding that you ignore everything that is right in front of your fucking eyes. Because it's saying about you can you only see. know it if you're an expert, but their experts said invade Iraq. Yeah, yeah, and also like it's like his reason for why we gave we invaded Iraq was because like m- m- normal Americans were Orientalist. Like, that's basically what he's saying. It's such, that is like the most insane, like, millennial brain shit I've ever heard. Yeah, it wasn't like the Bush family or PNAC or this was, like, people wanted to do this for a really long time. It was that, like, just like some dumb fuck in Ohio was like, oh, what if Aladdin could vote in an election? (laughs) Uh, They were saying, if not now. (laughs) So, um, just uh, rounding out this article, it says here, the truth is that Israel is a small country in the Middle East that has nothing to do with the demons stalking America. We have our own demons. Conflating, the, <laughs> conflating them won't make either country's problems easier to understand or solve. And it's just like, okay, would you like to list some of the demons that you're referring to in Israel? Because, I mean, like, what, what do those demons look like? But it, well, they, they would probably look like Matty Friedman, who served in the IDF. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's insane. Like, we just, like... Uh, uh, Half of the people who write to uh, write in like American media, not in America, half the people, but a lot of the people who write about this kind of stuff, like Maddie Friedman, these sort of like so-called experts, 
are, I mean, you're partisan. I understand that everybody in Israel is supposed to serve in the IDF. A lot of people do not serve in the IDF. And doing so, therefore, is a conscious fucking choice. Yeah. Which this guy made. Fucking Shout Jeffrey out to Goldberg that Taylor Swift fan account. Yeah, yeah, yeah like 16-year-old girl, whatever. Respect piece of shit, Jeffrey Goldberg, never. he didn't have to be in the IDF. He could have stayed home. Exactly. He didn't even live. In, he just went to Israel to be a prison guard. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is it the was most like depraved Bo shit. Connor fantasy camp. In a, in a fucking camp where people were like raped and tortured yeah. and fucking murdered. He was like getting off on it. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. it was an extended like tactical vacation for this yeah, fucking yeah. sick he little wa- piggy. He waterboarded the vending machine. Uh, <laughs> the, the thing that's so maddening about this article is that it's like the thing with all these arguments is that like, oh, the default is the default, the path of least resistance, the default state that we should be in is giving you guys $4 billion a year and you guys train our cops and like, you know, I have to sign, if I want to do business in Texas, I have to sign a little piece of paper saying that I'll never be mean to you. And it's like, okay, well, if you're saying this, this shit about how, you know, we all have our own demons that we have to fight. Uh, okay. Can we say goodbye then? Yeah. How about Is we that use it? that money that you, we give you every year to fight our own demons then? Yeah. Cause yeah. we know what those are, right? Cause we only know our own country. How about we more effectively use that $4 billion for our own demons? Here's I don't what want we an Israeli demons. On. Here's what we should spend that $4 billion on. Fighting anti-Semitism in America. <laughs> Here's my thing: we need to. I mean, we're, we're we have a deficit. We, we you know we're spending way too much money overseas. We need to bring some of that money home and defend people like me and Felix from people <laughs> like all of you guys and everybody else we know. Yeah, no, I had a. I have an anecdote that reminds me of this. I was. Uh, this is like this happened to me while we were here. I like posted on my story on Instagram. About, uh, like, you know, we did that Palestine fundraiser, and I've been, it's been a pain in the ass getting PayPal to, like, clear all the individual My biggest donations. fucking enemy. Yeah. No, they suck. They fucking suck. Well, actually, good development. Uh, more than half of them are freed up, and I'll be able to start distributing that half. But uh, I was, like, just venting. I was just like, you know, fuck PayPal. This sucks. And this, like, girl replied to my story. It happens a lot. I really don't notice that they're a girl, you know, but like, unless they're the ones from the stories that I reply to. But uh, no, this like girl replied to my story and was like, oh, yeah, I wonder why. Probably because you're raising money for Hamas. <laughs> and, and I like, I replied to her and I was like, Inshallah. give me $10,000 for the taxes I paid. And then like block her. And then like about like six hours later, I got like a couple messages that were like, you're disgusting. Wow. you're awful and it was like well yeah but like yeah. you don't follow me like what's up and it turned out she had like posted a screenshot where she like re- deleted her comments and it just looked like i just like found a jew to pester it was like, <laughs> and it was like fuck you give me money <laughs> I, like i like i was so like t- it's like such a psycho thing to do i was so like taken aback i just started like arguing with one of the guys who like dm me it wasn't a lot. It was like two people, but I was like, why would I just like do that like randomly? And he was like, well, that's a good point. And, uh, but it was like, no, that's like, that's like you extrapolate that to a national or international scale. That's like the sort of Zionist media MO is to just do that. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, just to like be awful and then be like, look what's being done to me. I, I think the thing that sort of most, most astounds me is if you look, there was, there was a statistic that was being bandied about a couple of weeks ago that there was, there was I think, a 250% increase in anti-Semitism in, in Britain. 
And uh, and so the most sort of like storied incident was like a car with a loudspeaker saying some pretty nasty things going around London. And then a bunch of incidents where where the state of Israel, which has concentration camps, I think what you could safely argue is a genocidal agenda and uh, acts in, in total opposition to all international law aggressively towards its neighbors and towards an internal uh, religi- uh, multiple religious minorities. Um, it, that comparing them to the Nazis is 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 anti-Semitic. That's anti-Semitic. When it's yeah. like, I mean, that's an absurd line of critique to like cut off completely. And there's a reason they want to cut that off, right? Because it's true. Like it's and it's one of those things about Israel and Palestine that I think to like anybody, even to especially especially I think to sort of fresh eyes, is so obviously and glaringly true. But it's one of those things like like. It's actually that's why they want to make it verboten to say and to say that it's true because it's just like the whole thing about like, well, maybe the side that killed a bunch of people who like are in their houses is 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 really probably the the bad side here. Um, That has to not be like that actually has to be like a complicated thing. And that's that's what you always hear about Israel and Palestine. It's so complicated. Like, oh, like, I don't think I can talk about it. There's like too much nuances. There's really not. It's it's about as it seems on its face. Yeah. And, and looking at the well, broad well, strokes yeah. of it, I mean, that's what I mean. Like when you when you when you see like videos of the Alaska Mosque, like worshippers being sh- fucking fired, having live ammunition fired at them, and being tear gassed out of their like you know homes and places of worship, it's pretty fucking clear what's going on. So like that's why we have this whole PR war now, where it's like in America, young Zionists are as oppressed as Palestinians are in East Jerusalem. But by uh, like left wing Americans, and honestly, they should be. They aren't. But yeah, I would love to arrest a bunch of these fucking people. Yeah. I would say that they try them in military court. So Zionists think- enjoy being gang stalked. So when we when we look at this, like okay, so presumably this is a a a sally. This is a rhetorical gambit that is meant to contest for the minds in the info war online, right? And you know, obviously, the big part of it is just they don't have to convince people; they just need to keep the argument going. But they are trying to convince people, and. The big thing, the big uh, obstacle to them is that if it is a sympathy contest, they are less sympathetic than the Palestinians yeah. because they're comfortable, rel- first world uh, country that just uh, has very little uh, 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 personal hardship. It's very similar to the United States and the people that they're fighting are fucking held in a giant concentration camp. So, And then you see the result of that publicly. I would say, though, that that also offers the one advantage they have in this mind war is that when they speak in the language of, of being, you know, uh, feeling othered or feeling anxious, made to be anxious because of, you know, uh, 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 microaggressions, that is less sympathetic, you know, generally, but it is something that the audience is going to be more able to relate to. We're primed to Because that yeah. is how they experience oppression for the most part. And so they're going to take that. I mean, that's the idea. We'll see how it works. And they're going to be like, you know, the, that, the, the horror of the Palestinians is so overwhelming and monstrous that I can't really relate to it. But the idea of, you know, somebody saying, hey, you know, nice schnoz uh, at the deli, that relates to my lived experience of oppression. Yeah. That's the one thing they have going. I think, too, like, I mean, we did an episode with Noah Cohen, friend of the buds, plural, yeah, back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, back, a back. while ago on this docuseries that I highly recommend from Al Jazeera called The Lobby. Yeah, they're like the most censored documentary series. Yeah, and um, I really recommend people watch that. I really recommend people watch. Abby Martin has an incredible um, documentary. 
Oh shit! Uh, uh, Gaza fights for freedom. Thank you. I, I totally Abby, forgot I, it, and she's got some really good man on the street. Interesting oh God, man on those the street. Yeah, those are horrifying because those guys aren't settlers. Yeah, yeah they're, they're just regular fucking Israelis. They're, they're left wingers in some cases. They say no, but yeah. I, this is like what I really want to stress. I think you know, kind of a line between those two documentaries, which are looking at very different angles. You know, the the um, the lobby is really focused on the very complex network um, of uh, foreign influence and lobbying that the Israeli state does throughout American universities and businesses and all these things. Whereas, you know, um, Abby's film and a lot of the footage that she's done is really focusing on like actual Israelis, like in a lot of cases, kids and how they are filled. But what you get from both of them and what's really important to understand is like the amount of ideological work that is done to... Um, like indoctrinate and the kind of like, you know, you call it information war, you call it whatever. It, 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 it's, it's impressive and, and, and terrifying. And I think that even in America, we fall for, you know, this is something that Brace and I have been talking about a lot. Like what's been fascinating in the past, you know, couple of weeks and you watch these like back and forths in the, you know, discourse wars or whatever is people almost believe the bullshit about Hamas up front. And so they start from a point of like, oh, well, they, it's like they believe, they've, they've already bought into the Israeli framework of how the Palestinians operate, which is that, you know, it's still the second intifada. It's still, Hamas is still powerful. They've still all got these things. When it's like Gaza over the decades is so fucking beaten down. It's mm. a fucking prison, right? Yeah. And mm. it has the same beaten down, broken out economy and political kind of like warlord political economy as a fucking prison. You know, Hamas is not some centralized, all-powerful organization. There's a reason why there's no elections in Gaza and they keep getting pushed out because the the kind of, um, the way that, you know, power works and, it, it, you know, it's almost like mobbed up and they need the Israelis, the Israelis need them. I mean, it's much more complicated. And so it becomes this really like flattened, understanding of these two sides going back when it's so much more depressingly uh like well, degenerated because from the, be, that. right because the, the like the whole premise of well you know the palestinians they're they are sympathetic but it's hamas is the real bad guy yeah right. i'm sorry if you as israel does control in every respect life in gaza you control all the entire border you are in charge of how much electricity they might get how much water they get how much sewage they get, their security, uh, what, what can be imported, what can be exported, how far they can fucking go offshore to fucking fish. If you have that level of control over an area, you own it. Whoever is in charge of it is your responsibility. I mean, forget the fact that they literally fucking funded Hamas when it started to undercut Fatah, to oh, undercut yeah. the secular movement, because an Islamic face to Arab nationalism is much easier to fight. Forget even in that, even if they hadn't been responsible for it. They're responsible for political conditions in Gaza. They're fighting their own shadow. They do not get any uh, lack. No responsibility is relieved from them because Hamas is so unreasonable. And look what this says in their charter. It's like, motherfucker, this is what you have authored. Well, I mean, like, like to, to, to that point, like as part of this like sort of shifting front in like the PR battle going on here, like it like the, the, the focus on Hamas is very important because like, you know, two weeks ago or a week ago, it's just all about like Israel is doing this to Palestinians. This Israel is at war with Palestinians with the people that they are, like, whose, 
or their whose lives they control and whose military they use to like occupy and oppress. So like, but no, now it's like no, Israel's at war with Hamas. Yeah, Hamas is a problem. We need to liberate the Palestinian people from Hamas. And there's sort of a similar dynamic here too when you see people demand that like you should never talk about Israel as like like its government and state as like a monolith. You have to say Bibi Netanyahu. Mm-hmm. You have to say it's like he's the problem. He's the only bad guy. The guy who has been indicted five billion times and, and they've had I, 15 elections in the last here, six yeah, months and, and, and he, and he ties for first in well, every which, single one. By the way, we should say there's a reason why this happened. Yes, it was 100% it election, election bullshit. Absolutely, because when there's internal strife in a country, the first thing you fucking do, this is like textbook, Erdogan did it, Iran did it, Look at Israel doing it now. They need to shore up support domestically for the leader. Boom, you got it. Neftali Bennett, who was the guy who was holding the balance of power between the two sides in the seven zillion elections they've had that have all had the same result. He was demanding on a condition of, of uh, entering a government that Netanyahu not be fucking prime minister anymore, which meant it was, it was looking like they might have uh, picked a, a united opposition that would have included the Arab list to be the new government of Israel. And then in that moment, when it looks like, and when, when Neftali Bennett is deciding essentially whether to agree to what Netanyahu is offering to get back into the Likud uh, coalition or standing back and letting his government fall, and have, they were about, and they just declared another goddamn snap election, they send the fucking goose steppers into yep. the fucking mosque. Absolutely. It's like, it's, and, and it's every one of these big spikes can be trace back to that yeah is yeah. domestic israeli politics just like kick the hornet's nest to get fucking get the idiots uh, online for your argument and then yahoo now his big under his big problem is that he keeps doing this and now everyone's mad at him for being uh not big enough of an asshole for not being strong enough well isn't and that so interesting how it works right yeah, the state like beca- emerges stronger ability. i mean this is that you know I, I guess that's what I you know keep stressing. Like these, the states have these internal contradictions yeah. that need to be wrestled yeah. with. Well, it's like I, either either it, like it is Isra- like Israel as a state and as like a culture and like a government that's a problem, or like or like are they the only democracy in the Middle East or not? Because if they are a democracy, like why can't they get, like vote out this fucking? Asshole? Yeah, are they colonizing yeah. or is it a civil war? Pick yeah. one. Well, here's the other thing too. It's like wow, didn't we build a democracy in Iraq? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> The fucking purple motherfucking fingers? What yeah. did, did that mean? There's did at least number two. There's at least two. Now? Also, like, didn't Lebanon have a democracy? Like, there's like a several. I think Libya too. That, didn't we do that with Libya? Yeah, like <laughs> I, I don't get it. So I, I think just to make sure, just to kind of even the playing field again. We need to invade Israel <laughs> and topple the government there and maybe put in uh, some people that haven't been in power. All right. Well, I think we should now take a, a, a dive into America's premier foreign policy thinker and communist. Uh, premier foreign policy thinker and columnist, a guy who I, I think is probably, to this day, probably still taken more seriously in the White House and the corridors of power than anyone else who writes about the Middle East or foreign policy. Tariq Nasheed. <laughs> I, I, they should give him a column. Yes, I dude. Hey, Tariq and Shmuley need to get together. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is for our new Crossfire show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tariq, like, Tariq is the only guy who could fucking do McLaughlin group. He's the only guy who could be McLaughlin now. Yeah. Like, the firing line with Tariq Nasheed. Yeah. Tariq and Shmuley should do a show where they like they argue different perspectives on how to be a Mac. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like yeah. How, how to be a Jewish Mac and how to be like the more 
classics. Rise and grind. Yeah. That's what we'll call it. Rise and grind. Rise and grind, Rise and grind. <laughs> Rise and grind is the debate show. Fuck, dude. Tariq, Tariq rocks. I love Tariq. He fucking um, owns. No, of course I'm referring to the magical brain of Thomas Friedman. So th- this is his column this week. It's titled How Joe Biden Can Win a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm kind of surprised they haven't already given it to him. I'm surprised they didn't give him the Obama considering how traumatized everyone was by Trump. Yeah, that is a little yeah, surprising. That is like some very European bullshit to mm. do. Maybe he needs to go on a freaking apology tour. <laughs> <laughs> that honestly, like people say that the Kissinger Nobel is monstrous, but like at a certain level, yes, you know, he is the one who prolonged all the violence, but he did actually also end it. So give him credit for that. You know, <laughs> stop hitting yourself style. Obama was literally just, uh, we're, we are so happy that the evil ogre cowboy is gone. And now this fi- this metrosexual Kenyan gentleman is in charge. This guy who hangs out in limos all day. All right, this is this is Thomas Friedman. Leon Trotsky once oh, supposed. Oh, <laughs> Let's go, baby. All right, Let's all right. Go. You know what? Yes. Yeah. I think we've entered into a lituation here. You are about you are about to witness a man snapping. <laughs> Leon Trotsky once supposedly observed, "You may not be interested in war." But war is interested in you. A oh, wig? Wow, <laughs> you definitely need to grab Trotsky for that. Yeah, that's like, I've never read Yoda ass bullshit. I've never read any of that crap. I've never read any of that crap. Interested like, in you, war is. <laughs> I, I don't think he said, like, that. I don't think he said that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To President Biden, I'd say today, you may not be interested in Middle East peacemaking. But Middle East peacemaking is interested in you. I don't think so. I don't think so. It does not really seem to be that interesting. I mean, yeah. it, wouldn't it have to be a thing to yeah. have a desire? Because like, there is no Middle East peace process at all. No, there no, there's no one with any well, investment also, in pursuing peace one. Middle East peace process is like now, now that the war against Palestinians is has essentially no external actors yep. except. Possibly slightly on some factions, Iran. Yeah, and lately uh, Lebanon a little bit. Exactly. A little it's not a Middle East no. peace process. No. It's are you going to stop domestic like uh, assaults on yeah. people who are in prison camps? It's yeah, not that, like that, that's what all those. Yeah, totally, that's, that's reframing. Yeah. That's that's imp- no, that's all those Gulf on. recognitions was a rec- was also a recognition that the pr- peace is dead because there's nobody pushing for it. Exactly. Anymore. You you were yeah that was. Bit, bribing them to do like the last thing they did which is to make one statement about palestine every year and like give money to mahmoud abbas yeah. like ne- no one is on the ground like in west bank or gaza and is like i need the man with the most degenerated brain in the world to like pay a guy who's all his parents and grandparents are cousins <laughs> in in riyadh to like make a statement about me where do you go so, uh, friedman's gonna explain it here he says here's why all three, all three key players in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict have been dealt some huge, painful shocks over the past year. Yo, they, they took an L. They're down bad. Yeah. <laughs> Palestine, Israel, and me and Felix. <laughs> We're one unit. Yeah. They know, deep down, that another round of fighting like the one we saw in the past two weeks could unleash dangerous consequences for each of them. Henry Kissinger forged, forged the first real peace breakthrough between Israelis and Arabs after they were all reeling, vulnerable, and in pain as a result of the 1973 war. They each knew that something had to change. Today, if you look and listen closely, you can sense a similar moment shaping up in the wake of the latest Hamas-Israel war. See, there he goes. It's the Hamas-Israel yeah. war. It's not Israel's it's not war. Israel's I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't aware that Hamas was in control of Sheikh Jarrah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That didn't, didn't seem that... Uh... The Palestinian Authority in the West Bank... Or the West Bank, for that matter. 
the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank, led by Abu Mazen, was dealt a significant blow when President Donald Trump last year managed to get the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Morocco, and Sudan to each normalize relations with Israel without waiting for an Palestinian-Israeli peace deal. The message to the West Bank Palestinian leadership was crystal clear. You are utterly messed up, corrupt, and ineffectual, and we Arab states are no longer going <laughs> oh to let you have God. a... Not like, these, not like us. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. like us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone seeks to emulate the good governance of the UAE and Sudan. Yeah. The message to like Palestinian with, yeah. leadership was crystal clear. You came here nine years ago to do stupid jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but now you find that yourself are corrupt, ineffectual, and shit. You are shit. You tried to be all the things that you wanted to be to everyone while oversharing the fuck out of your personal shit. If you were ever to come back, you would come here with a healthy mental attitude, and you wouldn't. Uh, the message, you would. And, and we and, and I'm sorry, back to Friedman. And we Arab states are no longer going to let you have a veto over our relations with Israel. Have a nice life. And by the way. Despite Israel's relentless pounding of Hamas and Gaza, none of those four states renounced their normalization with Israel. But Israel also got a shock. It was surprised that Hamas chose to fire rockets at Jerusalem, in effect, inviting this war. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, they, they just, yeah, they started it. They, they just, they had, they, they just, they, they weren't expecting them to fire the rockets, but yeah. oh, look, look they, like they, they, they just they did, and that, oh, there's they, war the all of a sudden. The entire thing was premised on that happening, because you know it's, it's autonomic. You, if you push hard enough, they have to respond, and yeah. then you have your war. The entire, yeah, but the it was entire. all initiated, all of it was initiated by Israel. That's the thing, and it happened in East Jerusalem, where Hamas yeah. has no fucking run. It was entirely instigated by Jerusalem, by Israel. It was, uh, it was surprised by some of the long-range rockets that Hamas was able to build in its underground factories and deploy and keep deploying despite heavy blows by the Israeli Air Force. Yeah, these underground factories with their long-range rockets really took them off guard. Yeah. They've been terrified by the power of their fucking weaponry. Well, it's just, you know, that's why they have to blow up the sewers and the, the water mains and all the houses. And the, the only neurosurgeon in Gaza it, it, exactly. and the AP offices it's, and every fucking school. Because that's where the underground rockets are. They're yeah, under yeah. the street. So you you need to destroy the infrastructure so there's nothing that the factories can be underground because if they have to move them above ground, of course, you minimize civilian casualties. It, it, it's, it's, it, really, it, it means that every a Palestinian civilian who lives above ground is essentially uh, a, rocket a, a, factory. Is a, is a human shield Yeah, because well, they're shielding the ground. Well, here's the thing about the human shield thing that I don't ever understood. If you had your gun to somebody's head in front of me, say we're taking it at its face, right? I wouldn't shoot that you through that guy. Like if you if you were taking a hostage and it's like, you know, like diehard situation. Wait, you never seen the movie Speed Brace? Shoot I actually I've seen like four movies, but <laughs> I have been the hostage in many hostage situations. And like that's that's Israel's whole thing that I don't understand. Like, well, they use human shields. Yeah, but you shoot the human shields. They're, all they want to do though is say, well, it's their fault that we shot the human shields because they know we're gonna shoot them anyway. Which means they're not trying. Uh, which means that they don't care if they die, and in fact, they want them to die because then they can use them to make us look bad. Yeah, like yeah. that's the argument. Is that like not that they're because obviously the human shield things break down immediately. If w- the Israelis have proven, as they have over and over again, that they will not be deterred by the presence of a human shield, then it's not a shield. It's not a shield. But those deaths then make Israel look bad. Yeah, yeah. But and it's I- like I'm sorry. Like the, these people, they don't want to fucking die. And they are not being forced to be where they are. They're just trying to fucking live. And clearly, that no matter how bad Israel looks, until now, it hasn't moved the needle at all. It's just an annoying thing that they have to deal with. Like, oh, 
we got to deal with all the people crying over all these civilians we killed. Oh, boy. Have you seen that guy, um, Arsene Ostrovsky? One of the honestly greatest living human beings. I love him. He's like, so Arsene Ostrovsky is the perfect Israeli because he has a, his first name. Oh, is, is that like, that guy who he's posting his disgusting yes, face? Yes, yes. So his oh, first, yeah. he's the perfect Israeli because his first name is a combination of the four sounds that they let you combine any two of to make an Israeli male first name, like Gulat <laughs> or Arson or Etan. Yeah, Etan. Why do all our and names his, sound like Indian sweets? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his last name is Russian, of course. And he has, he's a sexy guy. You know, look him up. He looks oh, yeah. good. And every time, like, for the past two weeks, every time, like, a celebrity has been like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like, even just the most, like, blanket just like you know stop war bullshit statement he's like oh well then do you like this and it's a picture of his disgusting face hold it like making like kissy lips holding his child in like a furnished basement and he's like i've got to be here because of hamas rockets and then you look at his next post like two minutes later and he's like Try a Strovsky wine. Yes. I've been making it. He did it. a wine ad. He did a wine ad in between. Which I got to say, genetically I respect. But like, yeah. it's just really because he was. And I was also I responding. read the room. Yeah. He was also responding with that same picture of him in the bomb shelter like eight days Every in a row. Mil- there's but a like, zillion shots. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 your disgusting face. But that is like. That that's like the consequence of like Hamas's reign of terror over Israel. Guys, gotta like, take a sad selfie. Yeah, he has to like hang out with his kids. Yeah, he has to like he has to watch like Owls of Gahul. <laughs> there was the one where it was the guy he was taking a video of himself like huddling with his sister in a, in a <laughs> gutter, and he's moving. The, and there's a bird just flying by, and there's people walking in the <laughs> distance just what down the street. Yeah, and he just he heard a car backfire and decided to do that. Do you know how bad you have to fuck up to have, like, a country where, like, only Jewish people are considered human and, and, and like, they're that bad at, like, film production? Insane. Well, <laughs> like, advertising. The like, they're that shitty at it. I was also reading that uh, a big reason that Hamas fired the rockets, too, is they were incited because they saw, like, an N.A. guy walking by with a <laughs> kill your local pedophile T-shirt on. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Hamas has been planning at local NA meetings. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, back to Friedman here. He says, but most of all, Israel was stunned by this fact. Hamas, by its actions, was able to embroil Israel in a, into a simultaneous. Oh, you embroiled me. Five front conflict with different Arab populations. That was scary. On several days last week, Israel found its military and police confronting violent Palestinian protesters in the West <laughs> Bank, enraged God. East Jerusalem, East Jerusalem Palestinians on the Temple Mount, rockets fired, most likely from Palestinian mil- militants from southern Lebanon, rockets fired by Hamas from Gaza, and most dangerously, mob violence in mixed Israeli towns between Israeli Arabs and Israeli Jews. Israel managed to keep a lid on all of it. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah. How did they, they certainly have. But... It is not hard to imagine, had it continued or if it flares up again, that this would severely stress Israel's army and police and economy. I mean, God willing. Yeah, Jesus Inshallah. Christ. Israel has not faced that kind of multi-front threat since the Jewish state was founded in 1948. This time around, Israel still found a lot of world public opinion and sympathy on its side. But for how long? This war... 
did it find like world public opinion on its side? No, like, it didn't. If, you're talking about America, Canada, Australia, and Great Britain. That's yeah. all now. The five, I, five guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> five guys. That's when they're not spying. It's just five guys. <laughs> um, it says here, uh, in the age of social networks. Uh, no, it says. Um, a retweet can be more deadly than a bullet. Israel's use of sophisticated <laughs> air power. This, this, is a great, this is a great sentence. Israel's use of sophisticated air power. Oh, that's the no, worst no, kind. No matter how justified and precise, triggered oh a, a set of images and video in the age of social networks that inflamed and energized it's, Israel's critics it around the world. It did kill anybody. It generated fucking video. It yeah. was, the content Fuck, creation by the level. Israeli army was such a huge setback. You <laughs> joke, but their content creation game is pretty impressive. It, uh, I no, dude, they were making. I think they fucked up because they made that like. I mean, they were doing shit like making memes of like, it was like crazy. before and after of like a, a residential yeah, apartment that's building. Insane. And it, yeah, 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 yeah. Also, I will say like I hit up some of those TikTok IDF girls and like. I found them to be insanely unaccommodating when in a private space, which is crazy <laughs> because I was like, I could go over there and I could probably rescue you and be like, you know, I could like, they have those little short like M16s or whatever. Like I could easily probably bench press that several times in front of you to make love to you also under, and they just would block me. It was this yeah, that inflamed and energized Israel's critics around the world and exposed just how much the rising progressive left and even some young Jews have grown alienated from Bibi Netanyahu's right-wing government and its willingness to abandon democratic norms to ensure perpetual Israeli control over the West Bank. Like, this is what I was talking about earlier. It's not that they've grown alienated from Netanyahu's government because the Israeli government, by definition, de must abandon democratic norms yes. to maintain yes. control over the West And here's the, the thing. Is like, there's no, I know a lot of young Jews being in the media industry and also in my just general life. I don't know anybody who's like, yeah, I just like Israel, but like this Netanyahu government. I've only like like known governments like that in Israel. There's no like good government. Yeah, like, yeah, there's only really been governments like Benny that. Benny Gantz too. is not going to give Palestinians any civil rights. Exactly. He brags about like leading the caste-led fucking invasion. Yeah. Who's like, your fucking other guy? Labor Zionism, Labor yeah. Zionism has been dead for like over two generations at this point. Yeah, Ehud, like, Ehud Barak, like, bragged about putting on a dress to just like murk a room full of Palestinians. Do you remember that? Ehud Barak uh, claims that he visited Epstein's apartment sometime between 10 times and 100 times. Yeah. And like there's photographs of him leaving and like 19 year old women also leaving. It's very like, fitting because he is the Israeli Bill Clinton. Exactly. I don't understand like what these people think that like young Jews like like us think Israel is. It's like we don't, it's not. It's obviously not Netanyahu's government. It's every government it's the first, in Israel. The it's first the government thing, of Israel and the country of Israel. The first thing I was like told about Israel and Israelis as a kid, like before I knew any like any political, I, before I thought of them as like a political entity because I was too young. I just was told by family members like you know you're talking to an israeli because they're the rudest most annoying person yes. you've ever met <laughs> that's i like, have heard that it's like what do you think like what do you think we think of that place they make australians on vacation which are distinct <laughs> from australians song. in yeah. australia they make australia like the permanent like floating yeah, like the, the diaspora the diaspora yeah. of australians who just go from 
for some reason, hostile to hostile. Yeah. And then they just, I'm going to be a ski instructor and bomb for five years. Exactly. Well, Australians are like the silver surfer of colonialism. <laughs> they just, They're just they going have... everywhere and being awful. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because the country itself, it's like, it's just an inhospitable desert with a little, it's like a fucking, like a margarita glass with the salt rim of civilization <laughs> exactly. around it. Yeah. But also, wait, this is in the New York Times, right? Yeah, it's New York yeah. Times. So, question for the editor of the New York Times, who, who knows who the hell that Present. is. Present. <laughs> what is it called when a right-wing government abandons democratic norms in order to maintain yes. control yeah. over an internal minority population that is rising against it so it can continue to, what, control the Gulf states, whatever it said? Like, there is actually a word for that. Liz, I'm anti whatever that word is. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, like, that's the the most maddening thing is, like, everyone who spent, like, the past, like, five or six years, like, comparing Trump to Hitler... And making yeah, all, the, all these Nazi Germany comparisons, which, like, one way or the other, not a huge, I don't care that much. Like, I don't entirely agree with it, but I don't think it's a big deal. But it's like, okay, well, what's this? No, what I mean, the fuck is this? This place where they do crystal knock every fucking night. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. it's very bold of the New York Times to come out and call Israel a fascist state, but I welcome this change with the Overton window, and I think that we should, you know, applaud them for their, uh, you know, boldness and courage. Well, yeah, but, uh, well, how, how, come, how come the New York Times Union or whatever doesn't get their asses, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get their fucking asses onto this Yeah, thing, right, you know Tom Cotton I mean? scared the shit out exactly. of all of them. What's this, what's this fucking... What, uh, yeah, got, why doesn't this make you this? feel unsafe? But that's what I'm saying. I'm like, wait a second, like... <laughs> None of this shit, like... It matters. No, I'm no. just like, none of this is being hurtled towards fucking Joe Biden, who is in charge. Yep. Towards the Democratic Party, who, who is uh, in charge. Who just sold them a billion dollars worth of weapons. Who is bought and week. paid for by APAC. A guy and, who, in the 80s, as we were talking about earlier, just came out and said on the floor of Congress... Israel's the best bargain in foreign policy. If Israel didn't exist, the United States would have to make it to protect its interests. It's really like, you, giving up you, the game. You don't have to say anything. He said it already. Exactly. And, 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 and that's the thing. I, that's the thing I don't understand. It's like all these people. It's like I've seen a lot of very confused uh, Democrats and Democratic socialists talking about this. And it's like, well, dude, this. Yeah, this is the Biden thing. It's like, yeah, this is like if you that's the thing that makes all this shit really easy is if you just replace Israel with like apartheid era South Africa. Obviously, they're not all, it's, you know, it's not one for one, but it makes it really pretty simplistic in a, in a, in a good way, I think. People take the Reagan administration shit for, for supporting apartheid South exactly. Africa. Right. Yeah, yeah. In, the, in the practical way that we should look at it as Americans, that's how we should look at it. But yeah, no, this is like Joe Biden, this is exactly who he's always been. But, you know, yeah, as Liz said, it's like people will shit on like Andrew Yang and I think like rightfully so, but it's like, what about fucking the president? What about Tony Blinken? Friedman continues. As the Guardian columnist Jonathan Friedland put it last week, a new connected generation of progressive left-wing activists in America and in Europe is reframing the Israeli-Palestinian struggle not as a conflict between two national movements, but as a straightforward matter of racial justice. They no, don't let one, one, one side is isn't allowed to have a nation, you fucking cocksucker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a conflict between a nation and the subjugated population that exists within the border of yeah. that nation. Yes. It's not, and it's not a, it's like well, maybe it's a, calling maybe, it a struggle is sort of a euphemism as well too. Maybe yeah. it's in Leninist terms of like, yeah, they are a nation. <laughs> like we need to free the Palestine belt. 
have so, they tried have they tried doing chess? <laughs> Israel Israel I will say Israel is a Chaz, but with extrapolated about the exact same civilian casualties <laughs> to people there. Just different populations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to uh, try to start Occupy Democrats Israel. <laughs> I think I could really get a lot done. Um, because it's, but as it, uh, note the placards at last week's demonstration in what London. What did you call me? <laughs> uh, it's ableist to use that word. Uh, note the placards at uh, last week's demonstration in London. Palestine can't breathe and Palestinian lives matter. Many American Jewish college students are either unwilling, unable, or too afraid to stand up in their class or dorm and They're defend Israel. They're probably very Israel. afraid. I can see that. Democratic lawmakers tell me that they are being savaged on Twitter and Facebook for even remotely suggesting Israel had the right to defend itself against Hamas rockets. A dam has burst. Uh, they don't have the right to defend they, themselves. No, that's, that's, not, a yeah, that's, that's not a fucking that's thing. That's a fake thing. Yeah. That's not a fake. That's a it fake it, thing. Have you ever noticed that it is never employed in any other context? That probably yeah. means it's made up. Yeah, there's a similar thing where it's like, oh, well, you you don't think Israel has a right to exist. And it's like, when have you used that framework with any No other, other country? country has that. At, here's has a, that here's another country I don't think has a right to exist. Austria. I was talking to Liz about this. Oh, yeah. There is no list. need for an Austria. Belgium either. Bel- Get over exactly. yourself. What's Divide it between the Netherlands and France. You've solved the problem. Austria well, is just part. Uh, first of all, Austria, that is what Israel should be. <laughs> Austria. Because these fucking, fucking Germans do the Holocaust. <laughs> yes. And then they're like. It's your problem, guys. <laughs> yeah, yes. says, I'm like, dude, no, yes. I want... And give us you, the fucking... The we want Bavaria. I want fucking Bavaria. Yeah, give us the Ruhr. If you gave us Bavaria, like, instead, they're like, here, you know, this is your problem, and don't worry. If anyone complains, we've invented an even more annoying form of anarchism. <laughs> it's so it's so frustrating because when you consider the, the scale of the population transfers from East Prussia after World War II, millions of Germans being ethnically cleansed and the thing is, yes, it was ethnic cleansing. It yeah. was a lot of people. But at the same time, they fucking did the Holocaust. They kind of had it coming. Yeah. And pretty soon, they realized, yeah, you're right. We did have that coming. Yeah. Which means that if they'd taken some of that land that got cleansed at that period and given it to the Jews, it's not like there'd be a bunch of dispossessed Germans mad about it now. They'd be like, fair enough. We because they did that shit. We would have totally made awesome. the Rhineland bloom. Yeah. No. If we had... <laughs> the do you know, like, do you know how good our lot like... Dude, we, our lives. I would literally now, move but. there because what? There's like, oh, cool. Like instead of like having to join the IDF and like kill a kid, like oh, I can like be in like a, a poly relationship yes. with four 19 year old art students <laughs> with it hairy like, armpits. I would instead be of, instead I'm of 19 two, for this. There would yeah. be no. Kind of there, would be, the there would be no. Uh, not only would there be no. Uh, compulsory conscription there would be no military yeah instead you would have two years where you were drafted to be a dj exactly. yeah. <laughs> that would be like the biggest problem would be that me and brace would be like we yeah jews actually invented pretzels yeah yeah we're yes, indigenous yes. to here yes and we'd still be into techno yeah no we'd be doing techno we would be Eurorail super users. We would <laughs> the, the, the restaurants would have the same nightclub feel and yeah. the same names like Dr. Pizza. <laughs> yeah. There would be no weird Israel. cognitive dissonance when Israel wins the Eurovision Song Contest. Exactly. Yeah. Be like, part of Good Europe. for them. Yeah. Yeah. European country country Israel just won Eurovision. Maybe they could have like a Eurovision for podcasts too. That yeah. maybe <laughs> Americans could join. They could yeah. Is there that version of Israel like 
the, the version of Israel now, you know it's a fucked up country because it's all, again, the only people the rights are Jews. Name one show from there. Yeah. Yes. We're in treatment. Yeah, we're the show. Homeland. No, no, where dude. They got those oh, wait, ideas. what's it fucking called? Uh, what's the weird show about teenagers like being bisexual? Oh, uh, Euphoria. Euphoria. Like, yeah. Euphor- oh, yeah, cool. Glad we invented that one. Like, yeah, we're the show-making race, but if we were in Germany, like, we would take part in the grand tradition of German comedy. <laughs> yes, yes, just like yes. just like sausage incidents. Yeah, yeah. If that yeah. if that was where Israel was, I would be like one of those uh, just Russian guys who lied about being uh, Jewish <laughs> after the fall of the Soviet Union. So like, yeah, I'm Jew, I just cut, like cuts a fucking uh, yarmulke out of like a newspaper and puts it on his head. I love. Those I, guys. I would do that. I'd be like, yes, I, I love Jewish. those. I love buddy. You you think I'm. You want you want some proof? All right, let me tell you about uh, how I'm. Uh, tell me about my back. Let me tell you about how I'm feeling right now about my body. <laughs> let me let me just walk you through some of my neuroses. Exactly. They let me in. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about like people talk about. Oh, is you know like you can't say it's like white supremacy. I'm like, yeah. I mean, they did import like a bunch of literal white neo Nazis from Russia because they're white and in the 90s. they sterilized. Actual Jews. And, and and they like, but like they'll like let you come if you're an actual Nazi. Like yeah. there were Nazi skinheads in Tel Aviv. But if you're Palestinian and you try to convert to Judaism, not happening. Yeah, not gonna happen, yeah. Fucking sterilized an Ethiopian, Ethiopian Jews. Yeah, yeah, actual yeah. Jews. They have a who have a greater claim on like a contiguous stuck around a contiguous like multi-millennial connection to judaism than like most of the russian losers who ended up like mutilating or the americans yeah but like yeah no there is it's very clearly what what's i do love the russian guys who just like in like 1989 were like uh, yeah i'm jewish <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> Oh yeah, you are the first Jewish guy to kill your wife on an ATV. <laughs> <laughs> you're, the, you're the first. You're the first Jewish guy who is both friends and enemies with two different pumas. <laughs> <laughs> you're the first Jew to ever filter alcohol through a transistor radio to drink it. Okay, continue with Friedman. He says, which is why I was not the least bit surprised to read that Netanyahu's longtime ambassador to D.C., Ron Dermer, now retired, bluntly told the conference a few weeks ago, Israel should spend more of its energy reaching out to passionate American evangelicals than Jews who are disproportionately among our critics. Let me know how that works out for you. If Israel loses the next generation of liberal Americans, including liberal Jews, it is in for a world of political hurt that no amount of evangelical support will be able to blunt. That's not true. It's not true. That's not true no. at all. Like, they, they would be totally fine and secure as long as like American political you know, patronage. And well, here's the problem. Though. They're white. No, they would no, love that. Here's the problem, though. If they, because right now they have a bipartisan pitch to actual voters. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. they have a bipartisan you know, uh, influence machine that, that generates consent at the top. But even at the base, yeah. they have a bipartisan pitch. If they go all in on evangelicals, then they are becoming partisan in a way that could fuck them over. Yeah. Because then when you could get a situation where a Democrat could get in there, and not only is there no worry that they have to kiss Israel's ass politically, there's also an actual organized constituency to pressure them to not kiss Israel's ass. And that is, it's like, that is dangerous for them. And so... To say bet on evangelicals is to say bet on the Republican Party, and that's not a terrible bet. I mean, they have their it's they have control, like they have built a good, they have good like they have an Alamo there in all of the constitutional structures, yeah, like the Senate yeah, yeah. and gerrymandering and all that. But they are a shrinking demographic. Like if you make that commitment, you are saying that at some point the dam might break, and then we're fucked. 
the only other thing they could do then is to like there are about like 10 million guys on Twitter. They're all from India. And to, <laughs> and to make them okay. to make them the happiest people that have ever lived. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like the, to just be like, yeah, you're like Jewish now. Yeah, that's yeah. A, they're never gonna do that, but it's like that's like the only other play. Yeah, yeah they all. I mean, I'll 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 be real with you, and like Felix and I have discussed this privately. If they do Venmo me five hundred dollars. I like will become an influencer for them. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, no like, I mean that is really what this issue comes down yeah. to. Yeah. Like we haven't been pandered to. <laughs> yeah, no, they've never given me money and that's a problem and it's like you know, I'm not just a single guy now. I have a niece. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> like, I don't like, want... In, like, 22 years, when she graduates from college, I want to buy her an anti-material rifle. Exactly. And, like, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, you, like they offer me, like, oh, you can live on the dirtbag kibbutz. And, like, I don't want to. I want to live in a nice apartment. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, oh, someone who wears a wig. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm living in Manhattan now, making people unsafe every day, and it feels great. <laughs> uh, if you can... Listen. Israel, I'm talking directly to you now because you do make up 75% of Chapo subscribers to boost the numbers. <laughs> if you get me this Dolls Kill bra deal, <laughs> I will do anything except publicly support you <laughs> or privately anything that requires more than like half a mile of walking that you want. Well, I'm just going gonna, gonna to finish this one out here. I mean, there's a, there's a lot more to go, but I'm just going to really like a couple more paragraphs. He says... And then there is Hamas. As usual, indeed, right on cue, the morning after the Gaza ceasefire took effect, Hamas's, leader decla Hamas's leaders declared another glorious victory. I guarantee you, though, the morning after the morning after, another set of conversations started in Gaza. It was the Gazan shopkeeper, widow, doctor, and mourner surveying the damage to their homes and offices and families, quietly saying to Hamas, what the hell were you thinking? Who starts a war with the Jews and their air force in the middle of a pandemic? Who is going to in the to middle of a pandemic? <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> who is going to rebuild my home and business? We can't take this any longer. Uh, Thomas, uh, Mr. Friedland, I can guarantee you that, that like that conversation was not taking place anywhere. Because by the way, the question who's going to rebuild my home and business? The answer is no one, because Israel doesn't let construction equipment or supplies. Also, Gaza. this idea that Hamas is going to be delegitimized by their their insistence on resisting Israel. Who are they going to give power? Who is going? Who are they going to cede power to? The people who like getting bombed and don't have a problem with it. Like there is no other force of people who are like, we're going to make a deal with the Israelis. Israelis systematically killed like every leader of the Palestinian resistance, except for ones that well, yeah, were useful. Yeah, yeah. They, and so they yeah. had the situation that they wanted, and that's the thing. Every time they point to Hamas and say they're the the obstacle, it's the end result of their intentional policy. It has helped them to have Hamas in there. That's actually, that's what they're going to do with the Indian guys on Twitter. They're going to be like, you're Palestinians now, but you like us. From what I've seen, we're going to like just airdrop you into the Gaza Strip to vote for our guy. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and like from what I've seen of those guys on Twitter, like they would do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the guy, <laughs> like whenever there's like the guys who like, whenever there's a girl on Twitter who's like, being like as their thing is that they're like a zionist ambassador and their their like profile picture is always like the one angle of their face where it's not huge <laughs> and they written the guy is replying to him and he's like 
I want a I want a husband into your life. <laughs> it's like that dude would do all that. He would be a Palestinian, fake Palestinian. It's so funny how like actual Israelis just tell them to fuck off. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, they're like, I, we hate you. Like, I yeah. shouldn't feel bad for the Indian guys because it's like they're that's clearly just like they just want to do this because they hate Muslims. Yeah. But it is like it's like very like sad because they are like so hard up for israel and they're so like i will they're I'll, 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 yeah i'll join for free you know and every but every israeli like they can't just accept that they like them they're just such racist like nasty people that they're like fuck you you shit drinking cocksucker yeah. it's like yeah. oh my god dude just awful <laughs> awful place well i'm not gonna read i mean friedman goes on for for more and more but he just say he just says to joe Shocking. biden he's like he's like uh He's like, hey, you know, if you if you don't want to go all in on the Middle East peace deal, I won't blame you. But you know, it's not going to get any better on but, its own. Well, but the whole entire premise of the thing is that America could be in any way a a a broker of peace. How can it be that when it is the sponsor of the one side with actual power? Yes. Who is it negotiating with? It won't allow any independent thing to stand up to exist to negotiate with. It's all con- consumed by the, by the same structure. So where the hell are we? It's it's all an internal negotiation. If it were to exist at all, it it cannot be a real peace process. And part of the fantasy that these guys are peddling is that it's still viable. I don't know. Has Joe Biden considered bringing in Jared Kushner? <laughs> <laughs> I feel he's like he's coming off the bench. I'm saying maybe we didn't give that guy enough time. Nonpartisan. Wasn't he, wasn't he's he, coming I, off the bench and he has a new face. I mean, <laughs> that, this guy's a, this guy's a long drink of water. The deal that he tried to pitch, it really is like a car, like the only thing that you would that would be in like an SNL sketch about it that didn't exist is like there was no offer of like a fucking casino in Ramal <laughs> because it was literally hey we'll buy some land from Jordan yes, and then yeah. you can go there. Fucking yeah. brain and that geniuses. was supposed to work. It's just like, look, folks, this is a business. This is a real estate Yeah, deal. well, there, wasn't there like there's going to have like highways or like yeah. underground yeah. things connecting all? Because if you look at a map of like where the Palestinians live in the West Bank. Oh, it's been totally honeycombed. Like, exactly. Yeah. It looks like Bantu fucking, it, it looks like. It's triggering my trip to focus. HPV warts on fucking year now. Yeah, yeah. like, we'll just buy a chunk of Jordan and then just move everybody over there. That'll be fine. Yeah. The, the thing about like looking at it as a real estate deal, and so you send Jared to do it, is like he's like not even good at he's real estate. He sucks no. at it. It's a trope. How much money do you lose on that fucking but building? Him and Biden can bond over having new faces because Biden is ha- is like on his third or fourth face since being inaugurated. Oh man, they are cranking <laughs> yeah. it so hard. Like they're turning that flesh that flesh lump. Yeah. At the base of his neck, they're just twisting that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. He is getting cranked. He looks like uh, the fucking Disney guy from uh, from Venture Brothers, the guy in the wheelchair. Editor's note, Matt is referring to Mr. Brisby from Venture Brothers Season 1, Episode 4, The Incredible Mr. Brisby. He's going he's gonna to eventually die of it, and it's going to make fucking a hunter into like a Kanye-type figure. <laughs> it just no. drives him insane. Yeah, every time he like, speaks in front of the cabinet or anything it just it's like fucking grandpa sawyer at the texas chainsaw massacre dinner they're They're putting they're putting the hammer in his hand to get him to try to kill her they're like joe is getting the syringe from minority report like three times a day he is fucked up he is so turnt they the the drugs that they must have him on amazing but it was magic 
it was all worth it for the St. Patrick's Day celebration. Like, that was the best day of his no, life. No, that was the best day of his life. That was his handsome hamburger party. Yeah, that was... <laughs> his handsome quarterback hamburger party. That was, like... We're, like that is the perfect American event. Just like a guy who's German being like, I've been Irish my whole life. <laughs> Listen, Jack, uh, being white in America, it's kind of uncomfortable. So you got to find a way to be not white. And so we're Irish. Yeah, that was like if he just did that, I would vote for him again. But I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, someone this time. It's not this him, time because I'm uh, pushing him left. Someone really should remind Joe about all of the bonds of solidarity and and cooperation that exists between the Irish Republican movement true. and the fucking yeah. Palestinians. True, true. That's true. <laughs> they taught them how to make most of the bombs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, fellas, this is all just part of being the junior partner in the coalition. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in in no sense is true and on anyway a junior partner to chapa we are in fact fully fully board members yeah i mean they teach us you know they give us four billion dollars each year <laughs> <laughs> they created the iron dome around liz <laughs> uh and i control most of their political content <laughs> yeah it's pretty great well i think we should leave it there for today i would like to thank Brace and Liz for coming by and hanging out with us. Thank and you for our first in-person guests. In I well know. Over yeah. Fuck you, COVID, Corona, uh, pandemic over. Scandemic, yeah, goodbye. Uh, yeah, uh, see ya. Now Look, I can put needles of regular things in me again. Was it made in a lab? <laughs> yes. Did it escape? Absolutely. Was it on purpose? Maybe. All I know is I'm ripping out my rearview mirror, baby. Mm-hmm. Look, looking forward only. Google Fort Dietrich. We were saying, uh, we were saying <laughs> that like Trump if he wanted to win and he also wanted like his supporters to get the vaccine, he should have like gotten the vaccine and then like eaten bat soup to show that it's safe now. Like that's how good the vaccine just is. Just thumbs up in front of yeah. just a bat head and a plate. That would be fun. That's the only so, like non hamburger no, yeah. thing he likes. That'd be so funny. He eats KFC, McDonald's, and bat soup. Yeah. Those are his three meals in a rotation. There's a media blackout on bat soup. You know, uh, really every more, every every day. This is a little known fact. Every every day at Nixon's uh, during Nixon's presidency, he had a he had a uh, a pile of uh, of cottage cheese with a, a pineapple oh, ring and some ketchup, and then some bat soup every single day. <laughs> keeps yeah, keeps the body working. Brace and Liz, true and on. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.